Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. We're wired to worship. In the past, it was Ra, Osiris, and other gods for the Egyptians, Baal and Asherah for the ancient Near East, and famously Zeus, Athena, Apollo for the Greeks. Humanity is wired to worship. So the question is, what's the God of our age? But the popular narrative is that we've progressed beyond that, right? Worship's weak. We don't look to scripture, we look to science. We listen not to prophets, but to professors. What's the God of our age? Come on, are you serious? We're self-sufficient. And that's just it. Self is the God of our age. And when self is our God, self-care is our goal, and self-help is our curriculum. Now, this is great news if you're Amazon, Lifetime Fitness, Massage Envy, because our money follows what we worship. If uh, we want to grow and, and become better, you know, self-actualize or something. We're going to buy the, the latest bestseller self-help book on Amazon. We're going to order it. We're going to have it delivered to our house. We're going to spend our days burning fat and building muscle at the gym. And then we're going to relax from it all with a massage and facial. Look, I've done all of it. So I'm not like waving, okay, with the exception of the facial, but, but I've tried these things. So I'm not like waving my, my finger at any of us but I am highlighting something that is true of many of us. We've actually taken a good thing and we've made it an ultimate thing. And scripture calls that idolatry. Now I've heard it said, an idol can't simply be re- uh, removed, it has to be replaced. Today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna, we're gonna get a better understanding of, of who we are by looking at who God is. Because when God is in his rightful place, we We'll have a better understanding of ourselves and a more healthy way to love ourselves. You see, uh, theologian John Calvin, he once said this, without knowledge of God, there is no knowledge of self. Without knowledge of self, there's no knowledge of God. So to better know ourselves, we need to know God better. It's in a loving relationship with God that we even have the capacity, the foundation upon which we can love ourselves in a healthy way. So if you've got a Bible with you, could be a digital copy, a physical copy. Turn with me to Psalm 139. This is where we're going to grow in our understanding of who God is, who we are, and then see how we can love ourselves well. If you need a Bible, you can, of course, follow along in our free church app where there's also a place you can jot down some notes. Now, we're in this series, Bullseye, because as we embark on the new year together, we want to shoot for what matters most. We don't want to look back a year from now and realize that we wasted the year. Or even worse, look back at the end of our life and realize we wasted our life. Last time, what we saw is that Jesus actually set the target for us for what matters most. And love is what matters most. He said it this way in Mark 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This, uh, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So to, to hit the bullseye, we have to first love God because he first loved us. 
1 John 4.19 is our anthem this year. We're memorizing it because it is our motivation for love. It says, we love because he, God, first loved us. And for Jesus, our love for God, it actually impacts love of self and that should overflow in love for others. As a church, uh, just not just Connect Church, but kind of you know, Western church, we're, we're often, we'll talk about love for God, love for others, but what about love for self? Like, how do you love yourself well? I mean, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, after all. So, so how do we love ourself? Well, that's what we're after today. And we're going to figure out how we can love ourselves well in a way that honors God and is also good for us. Now, as we dive in, Let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Lord, we come before you and we ask that you would speak through your word, that you'd speak through this message. You would reveal who you are, you'd reveal who we are and what it would look like to love ourselves well in our loving relationship with you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, to better know ourselves and to get to know God better, let's dive into Psalm 139, starting in verse one. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my, my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. <clears throat> before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in, behind, and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Here, David, the, the psalmist who penned this psalm, he starts by acknowledging who God is. And he acknowledges that God is all-knowing. God knows us inside and out. He knows your actions and your thoughts. He knows what you're going to say even before you say it. And what I love about God is that nothing is too big for him. And at the same time, nothing is too small for him. And when I realize this, the more I realize it, I feel like David. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Because the more I realize all that God knows, I realize the, the very little that I know. David continues now in verse 7, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. Even darkness will not be dark for you, to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. Okay, so not only is God all knowing, God is all present. His presence fills the heavens and the earth uh, from the sunrise to the sunset, from the east to the west. Like He is present. He's there. God is with you always. He's guiding us. He's holding us close. There's nowhere that we can go and hide from God's presence. Uh, he's with you at the office and at the dinner table. He's with you when you're sitting in traffic on I-25 and when you're sitting in the stands at your kid's game. He's with you in the mountains and he's with you on the eastern plains. He's with you on the date and he's with you in the courtroom. He's with you at the funeral and he's with you at the birthday party because God is with you. God is all-knowing. God is all-present. And the third thing we learn is that God is all-powerful. David celebrated this next. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. 
I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. Okay, I don't care what you say, birth's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. When, when you hear your baby's heartbeat on the Doppler for the first time, it's like, wow. When you see baby on the ultrasound for the very first time, wow. When you feel baby kick for the first time, wow. When mom pushes baby out, wow. I am so glad I'm a guy. And the wows just continue with each first. The first time you hold your baby, the first time they sleep through the night, the first word, the first step, the first day of school, and it just continues. They're off to the races. One of my favorite things about pregnancy, okay, I say that like I've been pregnant. I can assure you I have not. But one of the things I love is when the doctor explains, 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 and then eventually says, ah, we don't know. Every pregnancy is different. Every baby's different. Because at some point, science is fail, fails to fully grasp what actually Scripture captures. Every baby's different. Or should we say, fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, what I'm about to say, please don't hear this dismissively, but I don't care how you were conceived. You're not an accident. You're not an oops. God created you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Before any day was lived by you, God ordained them. He, he had a plan, a purpose for your life. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, so may no one ever tell you different. Uh, you and I, we're created by the Creator. So if we worship ourselves, we're going to miss the mark. We sin. But if we worship God for who He is, all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful, we begin to know who we are in a relationship with Him. And it's in this relationship where He has created us, where He's infused us with value, that we know we are loved. We're loved not because we're lovable, we're loved because God is loving. Scripture tells us God is love. His love is unconditional. His love spans from east to west. Uh, whether you're in the depths of despair or the height of elation, God loves you. But do you love yourself? You know, like, I, I want to. I want to love myself well. But, you know, when I look in the mirror, I don't think, oh, you're so lovable. I think, what a joke. Because I know my weaknesses. I know my thoughts. I know where I miss the mark. And you know what Scripture and the Holy Spirit reminds me is that God knows my sin, my weaknesses, where I miss the mark, uh, and where I'm going to miss the mark. He knows it all. And yet He loves me. Not because of, of what I've done, but because of who He is. He is love. And if you ever question 
God's love for you. Listen to what Jesus taught. This is from John 3. He said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done and has been done in the sight of God. Friends, God is all-knowing. He, he knows your thoughts. Yes, even those ones. God is all present. He sees you. Yeah, even that time. God is all powerful. He loves you so, so much. And, and he loves you in the greatest way possible. He sent his one and only son that if you would believe in him, you will not perish, but you will experience eternal life in a relationship with him. Scripture is clear. God is God. We are not. So we should worship him and not ourselves. Now, what this also means is that as knowledge of God leads to knowledge of self, love of God leads to healthy love of self. If God loves us so much, if he created us, if he infuses value into us, if he sent his one and only son to die for us, and if Jesus taught that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves, we should love ourselves. But, th- but this is impossible to do in a healthy way apart from God. But in a relationship with God, by his power working in us, we can love ourselves well. And David actually modeled how back in Psalm 139. In verse 19, he writes, If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty, they speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them as my enemies. Okay, (laughs) probably not what you were expecting me to read. Uh, It's certainly not what I would have expected comes next, but this is what was on David's mind, so it's what he talked to God about, a lesson that we should learn and apply. But he closes with this kicker. He says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Healthy love of self starts with surrender to God, and then it's a life that follows after God. So let's be like David. And, And one, surrender your anxious thoughts. I could quote, all kinds of statistics about how anxiety is on the rise because of social media or because of COVID or or a multitude of things. But I don't need to because we're all too familiar with anxiety. Uh, We're being bombarded with news articles that are laced with fear so that we'll click on them. We easily slip into the comparison trap as we scroll through Instagram. For, For many of us, worry is what's winning the war in our minds right now. But we need, so so it kind of makes sense. I mean, this is why mindfulness is on the rise. But we need more than mere mindfulness to win the war in our minds. 
Uh, we need God who created us, who knows us, who loves us. We need him to renew our minds, to rewire the neural networks in our brains. What David wrote here, Paul, in a way, picked up on later when he wrote this to the church in Philippi. He said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You see, prayer is our pathway to peace. I love what Pastor Craig Rochelle says. He says, if it's on your mind, then it's on God's heart. So if you're thinking about it, talk to God about it, because it's in prayer that we surrender ourselves and let God fight our battles. It's in prayer that our hearts and minds are guarded in Christ Jesus. So by the, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you, think about what's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, because it's through surrender to Jesus that we actually win the war in our minds. And scripture tells us victory is also won through many advisors. So for some of us, I want to encourage you to courageously seek counsel. If anxiety is a, is a, a struggle that you're very familiar with, you should get some help. A, a Christian counselor can add tremendous value as the Holy Spirit uses that relationship to bring healing. So if you need suggestions on, on who to see or you need help making that possible, please reach out to us. We would love to help you find a counselor who can join you, join the Holy Spirit's work in you, and so you can experience the, the healing ultimately that Jesus can bring. All right, we're going to surrender our anxious thoughts, and I also want to encourage us to repent of your sin. As I've taught before, uh, repentance is a 180. It's, it's turning from sin to Jesus, receiving his forgiveness, his mercy, and then following him with our lives. Uh, back in, in Psalm 139, what, what David said was, he said, see if there's any offensive way in me. He's like, like look at my sin. And he says, and lead me in the way everlasting. Do you see that, that turn of posture? It's from sin to following God. And when we repent of our sin, and when we receive Jesus, when we decide to follow him for the first time, th this, is, this is repentance. But repentance isn't just like a one and done experience. Repentance is the posture of a Jesus follower. Because just as we can't earn our salvation, we know we can't earn our transformation. It's the work of his spirit in us that, that changes us, that forms us, that shapes us to become more like Jesus. So. Love yourself well and repent. Let Jesus do for you what you can't do for yourself. And like David, three, seek God's way. The best way I can possibly think for us to seek God's way is to spend time in his word. His word reveals his way. And when we read scripture, we grow in our understanding of who God is and our understanding of who we are. We also grow in our love for who God is and our love for who we are. But seeking God's way isn't a solitary endeavor. Following Jesus is better 
together. So join a community group where you can make some friends and you can grow in your faith with others because it's in Christ-centered community that we learn, grow, support, encourage, pray for, hold one another accountable, challenge, celebrate, encourage. It, this is where the one and others of Scripture are fleshed out, where we get to experience that Jesus didn't just call us to believe, he actually called us to belong with his family. So do yourself a favor. Prioritize time in God's word and time with God's people. Surrender your anxious thoughts, repent of your sin, and seek God's way. These are just three ways that we can practically love ourselves well in light of the fact that God loves us so much and we have a relationship with him. God is God and we are not. And as knowledge of God leads to knowledge of self, love of God leads to healthy love of self. Love is the bullseye after all. Love of God that, that impacts love of self and overflows in love for others. There's, it, it, without love of God, there's no healthy love of self. And just as that's the case, without love of self, we can't love others well. More on that next time. Let's pray. God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you that it's unconditional. Uh, thank you that in how great you are, you pay attention to who we are. You are all-knowing, you're all-present, you're all-powerful, and yet you love us. Would you help us to love ourselves as, as one of the expressions uh, of our relationship with you? Would you work in our hearts by, by the power of your Spirit so that we can love ourselves well? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.